Hello, everybody, and welcome into another episode of the Couch GM's podcast. I'm your host, George Kurth, here along with the Couch GM's other two restricted free agents. Don't worry, we're going to match those bids if anyone tries to take us. It's Tyler Snyder. How's it going? And Cody Roadcap. What is up, everyone? George, I don't know if we're going to match your bid. We might we might let you go. It's, it's, it's going to be a tough offseason. Uh, but George, run. Tyler, and myself, we're, we're three best friends who love talking football. We know we're in the midst of the offseason. A lot of things are going to start happening. NFL News is going to pick up, but we're going to be talking about it all offseason long, and we hope you join us. And if you're wondering what you can expect from today's show, well, I'm about to tell you, so just listen in. Uh, you're going to get some of the biggest headlines from this past week, and we are going to go over some of the offseason outlooks uh, for a few of the teams in the NFL. And you can find us on social media as well and get involved in even more offseason debates, talk, etc., on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Couch GMs. We just jump right into this week, and there were a couple of big weekly headlines, so let's get to that. First off, we got Alex Smith. There's talks that he's going to be cut from the Washington football team, so I guess he's not going to retire. They, he says that he's going to play next year. He's not going to be in Washington. Do you guys have any idea where you think Alex Smith is going to end up next year? Is he going to be a backup, a starter? What do you think? I think he has no chance of being a starter, honestly. I just think there's uh, too much quarterback talent out there right now. Nobody's going to want to name somebody of Alex Smith's age and uh, Alex Smith's previous injuries, name him as the starter. I do believe a team can bring him in um, as a solid backup, a very good backup, uh, who will be able to coach up a young uh, quarterback in this league. I think the Eagles are a good one that could go after him. Having Jalen Hurts, a uh, team like the Jaguars bringing in Trevor Lawrence, they could go after a Alex Smith and have him coach him up. A team with a young quarterback could really benefit from a guy like Alex Smith coaching them up because he is uh, one of the better game managing quarterbacks that we've seen in the last few years. Yeah, I'm not going to rule out the possibility of him starting. I think, you know, one of these teams that might miss out on one of the big four quarterbacks in the draft uh, could take a flyer on Alex Smith for a year. You know, maybe a team like Chicago. Uh, I believe he crossed paths with Matt Nagy when still they're both in Kansas City. So I think that might make some sense. But the one team I'm going to look forward to or look have my eye on is possibly being the suitor for Alex Smith would be the San Francisco 49ers. A reunion, come home. Uh, I really like the prospect Trey Lance out of – uh, North Dakota State to go to San Francisco, but he is raw. He probably will need a year to sit. He has a lot of the same tools and talents as a guy like Patrick Mahomes, who is raw. We saw what sitting behind a year of Alex Smith did for Patrick Mahomes. I'm not saying Trey Lance is going to be the next Patrick Mahomes, but we've already seen he. there's a good reason for a player like that to sit behind a guy like Alex Smith. Alex Smith is probably better than Jimmy Garoppolo, and Kyle Shanahan is an offensive mastermind that could make him uh, be able to throw from the pocket, easy reads, and game manage uh, with that defense. And I think they could have a successful season with Alex Smith. So i like for him to end up in San Francisco if he does get an opportunity somewhere. Funny, I was also thinking San Francisco when it came to a chance of him starting. The only other place I could think of with a chance of him starting is if Houston does move on from Deshaun Watson. There's a chance he goes there because they're just looking for whoever can you know throw the ball and maybe have a rookie they draft sit behind him. Um, I was also thinking the New York Jets, he might back up a rookie there as well. I like Tyler's idea of him going to somewhere that drafts a young quarterback 
and he gets to sit there and coach him up. Or maybe he starts for a few weeks and then the guy comes in when he gets a little bit more acclimated to the offense. Well, guys, you know, one so team that has a young yeah. quarterback is the Arizona Cardinals, and they have Kyler Murray, uh, but they do have somebody else now. He did not end up with the Titans. Thank the Lord. Uh, it is J.J. Watt. He signed with the Cardinals. Uh, what is your guys' take on this uh, somewhat surprising signing? Well, I think we first got to, you know, if anyone didn't hear, uh, before the news broke, which J.J. Watt broke himself in a Cardinal shirt, people had gone so deep that they were looking into Peloton profiles of potential people that he was signing with. And a guy named KJ Watt who used JJ Watt as his profile picture. And I believe is verified. I don't understand how Peloton works. I don't have one as you can tell, but he had in his bio, Super Bowl, Cleveland, Green Bay. Was it Tennessee? The third one. I'm not hundred yeah. percent. There was three teams and everyone was like, Oh, JJ Watt has made his final three. Then like an hour later, J.J. Watt posted, I don't own a bike. And then an hour later, he posted himself in a Cardinals uh, t-shirt. Well, I think the move makes a ton of sense for Arizona. It was a lot of money. I think it pretty much rules out them bringing back Hassan Reddick. Uh, maybe you guys will disagree, but I think Hassan Reddick is out the door. You know, Arizona seems to be the place that, you know, older players go to, to retire, essentially. We've seen a lot of running backs and their careers there. We've seen a lot of other players and their careers there. Uh, but J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones on the defensive line could be a dominant uh, force to help them get over the edge in a pretty tough division uh, next season. Yeah, I agree. I think that does rule out Hassan Reddick. And I think that I would rather have Hassan Reddick mostly because of age. And I think the talent's very close after Reddick had a good year. But I think it was still a positive move for Arizona because it shows their team and their fan base that they're going hard to try to get good and get into the playoffs next year. They still have a young, blooming roster, so I it could work out really well for them, but I, step, I still definitely think the alternate being Hassan Reddick was actually the better choice for them. Yeah, I mean, the three games a year that J.J. Watt is going to be healthy uh, is definitely going to generate a lot of hype and a lot of fan revenue. But other than that, I think it was a way overspend by the Cardinals. Basically, I hope that they hope this is a morale boost, I feel like. Well, it was reported that he turned down more money from teams like the Colts. I believe the Browns and maybe even the Titans all are no, the Titans were the same offer as Arizona. And then the Colts and Browns had offered more. Uh, so definitely seems it does seem like an overspend, but it doesn't seem like he, there was definitely a market for him. So I guess you had to pay up for that. That name that is going to sell jerseys is going to put fans in the stadiums. Hopefully we can have more than 1200 or 1500 fans come September. Uh, fingers crossed for that one. But I do like the signing. I think that division alone is going to be one of the most competitive again next year. Uh, they're pretty stacked from top to bottom and should be a fun one. Well, guys, I think J.J. Watt is going to be one of the most talked about guys all season long, and I'm going to get tired of hearing it by week two. So why don't we just stop talking about him and go ahead into our offseason outlook. Uh, if you guys haven't been listening, we are going – Division by division, breaking down the teams, what their notable free agent retirements are, their cap space, their team needs, and what we expect from the team in the offseason. So let's go ahead and jump right on into the NFC North. This is Cody's favorite division, uh, but we're actually going to start it off with the Chicago Bears. 
Uh, Cody, why don't you give us a breakdown on some of their notable free agents? The Bears still suck. Great. That's it. Okay. All right. So next is the Detroit Lions. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. All right. Well, as much as I don't want to talk about the Bears, we have to as a part of this offseason outlook. So some of their notable free agents and retirements are Allen Robinson being their big one, uh, Mitchell Trubisky, uh, Buster Screen. I believe he's actually already been cut. Corderell Patterson, the special teams, wide receiver, running back, offensive weapon, I guess some people would call him. Uh, and then some guys on the defensive side, Barkevius Mingo and Tashawn Gibson. And then along the offensive line, uh, not that big of a deal, but Jermaine Effetti is a notable free agent. They are just barely, and I mean just barely, just about a quarter of a million dollars under the cap. So they are at least okay for now. I mean, they're not going to be able to sign draft picks or anything without making some moves. Uh, this team... Their defense was pretty good two years ago. It kind of came down to earth last year. Uh, obviously, the big question for Chicago is the quarterback. And I guess we'll throw in Allen Robinson because he's a big name. I don't think – I personally don't think he'll be back. I think too much bad blood has been – they haven't had contract talks since September. Uh, but, guys, the quarterback is the, the priority for Chicago. Do you think Trubisky could be back? No. No, I think he's not coming back. I think the Bears made it very clear that they were ready to move on from him. Um, I think I heard a rumor in the very start of the playoffs that unless Trubisky made a deep playoff run, he was done as a Bear following the season, which is a lot of pressure on a quarterback leading into the playoffs. I also don't think that Nick Foles is going to be there next year. I think they're going to find a trade partner for him or they're going to release him and uh, you know, Nick Foles, the journeyman, is just going to keep traveling on. So I'm not really sure who the quarterback will be for the Bears. It's almost upsetting that they made the playoffs because now they're not going to have that good draft pick that they need to draft a one of the top quarterbacks. Uh, the free agent market, one of the top free agent quarterbacks out there that we expect to hit the market is Mitchell Trubisky because uh, guys like Dak Prescott, I don't assume, will hit the market. So it's going to be very interesting to see what they do at quarterback here. Uh, they might be better off, and again, I hate to say this because they made the playoffs, but they might be better off kind of starting a rebuild. Uh, they have some of the good young defensive pieces they need, but at the same time, I think it's time to clear up some cap. Um, you know, taking a guy like a... Ryan Fitzpatrick or an Alex Smith for a year and let them ride it out as their starter for the year and, uh, you know, build for the future. I don't think they have much of a shot at this upcoming season, especially with their cap where it is. No, you know, I actually kind of like Alex Smith as a fit there, but I think there's a couple other things to look at of you. You said there's not many options. I think I actually predicted Trubisky to go back to Chicago because I don't think they're going to find anything better, but they're also near the top in the Russell Wilson sweepstakes as well. If Russell Wilson does move on from Seattle, Seattle trades him, I should say, there's a chance he ends up in Chicago. And that would be a big upgrade, and that might make Chicago an instant contender with how good that defense is. We just have to see how they would handle the cap hit. But So that's also an option. But I have a feeling that Trubisky is going to end up being back as a they don't have any other option. And they're probably going to take a late first round quarterback or find a way to take someone who could be a replacement for the future because there's not a lot of faith in Trubisky and just give him one more ride. 
I honestly give no credibility well, to the Russell Wilson sweepstakes. I believe wholeheartedly I'd put money on it that he will be the Seahawks quarterback next year. So until a trade is pending and I hear otherwise, I just, again, I, I give no credibility to that trade rumor. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I was, when we did our quarterback preview, I said, I don't even think the Texans will be, actually, they'll stick to their grounds and they'll keep Deshaun Watson. Well, I think that 10 times for Russell Wilson in Seattle. Now, if Chicago wants to give them four first-round picks, Khalil Mack, Eddie Jackson, Roquan Smith, okay, well, well then maybe they'll make the deal because Chicago with four, they're not very good. <laughs> but anyways, I hope Trubisky does come back, uh, obviously. Uh, I tend to think they'll go in a different direction. I wouldn't rule out the trade market, though, for some other guys who uh, might be available, uh, both quarterbacks out in Las Vegas, whether that's Derek Carr or Mariota, whichever one they decide to keep and whichever one they decide to move on from. Uh, maybe get Sam Darnold if they if the Jets can somehow get Watson and then they flip Darnold for a pick. Or a guy, like you mentioned, like Alex Smith or Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, two veterans that could just come in there and – you know, hold it down for a year or two, see what they got. Because Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, this is pretty much their prove-it year. They have to have success or they're both out the door. They know that. Neither of them want a rookie quarterback because they won't be around next year to see that rookie quarterback develop. So quarterback is definitely interesting. Um, but, you know, Allen Robinson, he is a top wide receiver in this league, top five, maybe top ten. Uh, that's probably up for debate for another day where he actually falls. I I can't see him coming back. I know Allen Robinson hasn't had the best quarterbacks to play with. Some of that is on his own fault for where he picked a sign last time. Uh, I assume you guys are thinking he's out the door, but what kind of teams do you think he might be in for, or am I wrong? Do you guys think he'll be back next year? You know, I think it's very interesting that we're talking about bringing in a new quarterback for Chicago with Allen Robinson, most likely leaving the team. In my opinion, I do think he's going to leave. I don't think they have the cap to really bring him back, franchise tag him, anything along those means. I think that Allen Robinson is going to have one of the top free agent markets for their wide receiver. Um, but honestly, as a quarterback, I don't think I'd want to come to the Bears right now because I don't think their weapons outside of Allen Robinson and, I mean, Corderell Patterson has shown some flashes as well outside of that they don't have too much talent that i'm really thrilled with right now um they're gonna have to make some kind of moves in the receiving game as well as in the passing game which is another reason why i believe it's time for them to just go into a sort of rebuild yeah i think they definitely should move on as well and go into some kind of a rebuild and just take the fact that you have that open cap to try to get some younger guys but when it comes to Allen robinson he's probably going to end up going to a place to play wide receiver too I feel like on a team that's contending and that's not even really where I feel like he should be I think he can actually go to a team and be a game changer he just hasn't proved it because like Cody said he hasn't played with any real quarterbacks this year in his career he was in Jacksonville for a while and then he went up to Chicago and played with Trubisky so he should be the top receiver in free agency. Most teams, when you you overpay wide receivers and they don't end up panning out and he could end up being the guy that does. I'm, I'm, I think it's going to be hard to judge where his market could be, but I think he's going to end up going to some contender, filling a spot that doesn't really need to be filled and make that team go over the top. 
Yeah, well, the Chicago Bears, they have a lot of questions, and we should start getting some answers as we move into free agency and they start filling some of these key holes. But let's move on to well, – I'm going to be nice. I'm not going to make too much fun of the Detroit Lions. Uh, but they're the next team on our list. Obviously, they started off the whole offseason with the Matt Stafford trade. They acquired Jared Goff and a bunch of first-round picks. Uh, but their whole receiving core is pretty much up for free agency. That includes Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay, Danny Amendola, and Mohamed Sanu. Uh, free agent acquisition from last year on a one-year deal. Everson Griffin is up. Safety Deron Harmon. Kicker Matt Prater. He He's a pretty consistent kicker in a league that has not too many of them. Uh, running back legend Adrian Peterson. And then linebacker Reggie Ragland, who is also uh, a first-round pick who didn't pan out. but can play defense uh, in a rotational uh, role, I should say. Uh, they are currently over the cap, so they'll have to make some moves uh, to get under, I don't know what the right word is, correction, correlation. I'm definitely botching all the words. So words are anyways, hard. to get there, to get uh, in compliance, that's the word I was looking for, get in compliance with the salary cap. They have some work to do, but they did already start signing players they did get Tyrell Williams uh because obviously they don't have any wide receivers Detroit seems like they're in full rebuild mode I think with their new head coach and GM they've already planned out that the next three years are going to look like every other year in Detroit but this time it's on purpose uh so (laughs) they got to find some pieces maybe a quarterback in the first round maybe they they wait a year to get a quarterback depending on who falls to them or if they have to trade up uh, because they do have Jared Goff, at least for a stopgap. Uh, but wide receiver help is their biggest need. And hopefully they don't get Jamar Chase because he is my favorite wide receiver in this year's draft. Last year, my favorite wide receiver was Justin Jefferson. He went to a division rival. So if Jamar Chase goes to a division rival, uh, I might lose it here on the Couch Genius podcast. Jamar Chase is not getting past six. Please, Philadelphia Eagles, please. You're taking Are you Jaylen kidding Waller. me? You're that confident that the Eagles will make a correct pick at wide receiver? Have you seen the Eagles draft <laughs> the past few years? Come on now. That's why I'm saying please. <laughs> anyway, uh, I find it, it interesting. Crossed, I, saw. I find it interesting that you're saying how the Lions are in a rebuild. But really, if you think about it, they got Jared Goff, who as much as we can be critical of Jared Goff, there's a chance with a change of scenery, he might be a solid starting quarterback. He beat one of the NFC favorites with a broken thumb in the playoffs this year. Plus, a you re-sign Kenny Galladay, which I think they should. He's a young guy. You just got Tyrell Williams, who might not be the youngest guy, but I've been a big fan of Tyrell Williams for a while, and he showed some good flashes playing wide receiver one in Las Vegas. I think it was Las Vegas at that point, uh, two years ago, and just didn't play this year because he tore up and he tore up his knee. But now he's going to slot into a wide receiver two role behind Kenny Galladay. You actually have a pretty formidable offense with those guys. You still have some solid running backs on that roster. Sure, that 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 roster is not fully put together. You probably use an offensive lineman. You could use some defense, but that team might not be that bad. I think they actually got better, and I think a lot of it comes down to coaching, which obviously has been their struggle the last how many years. I think I've been a fan of a lot of players on their roster in the past, and it hasn't panned out. And I think it might have been coaching. So that's going to be the biggest question mark. But. I think we're all counting out Jared Goff and saying they might go out and draft a quarterback, but I think it's more likely they wait a year, give him a shot, and he might be okay. Hmm. I think they got better. Interesting. 
Uh, yeah, we'll definitely have to see what they do with the pieces they got back uh, from the Rams in that trade. I, we all think that Kenny Galladay is going to return in some facet, uh, being franchise tagged or re-signed or something, but it's going to be hard for them to let a guy like Kenny Galladay go, uh, especially with the athleticism that he has. Jared Goff's going to need some kind of weapons when he steps in on week one. But I, I don't know, guys. I'm somewhere in the middle. I don't think they're in full rebuild mode, but I also don't think they got better, and I don't think that they are competing. I think they're going to be painfully average this year. I don't think – I think they're going to be right around in um, – So Detroit's going to Detroit. They're going to be Detroit, yeah. I think they're going to be right around like an 8-9, and 9-8, nine, nine and eight, somewhere in there. And it's going to be, you know, again, painfully average all season long. Um it's going to be interesting to see who does get cut because with a projected negative $9 million in cap space, they're definitely going to have to make some moves. We already saw them make one huge trade, so we know that they're willing to do it. We might see some more trades coming out of them, some more releases. It's definitely going to be interesting to see what they do uh, to free up some cap. Yeah, so I, I, you guys all – you guys, man, that was a weird way to say that. But anyways, uh, we talked about the wide receivers, um, but I think, you know, George you, – I can kind of see where you're coming from. We know they still have Hawkinson. They still have Swift. If they can get Galladay, Tyro Williams, maybe a wide receiver in the draft. There's decent offense there, but that defense is the bigger question mark. I know Okuda had a rough year uh, being the top cornerback out of last year. Maybe he can bounce back. Uh, they moved on from Darius Slay last season. Deron Harmon's a free agent. So I think that defense needs a lot more work, and that's particularly the reason I think they're – they're going full rebuild uh, and possibly even blow it up and take a quarterback, which might be a little risky with the Jared Koff contract. But this team, uh, unfortunately, I just don't think they're going to be very good this upcoming season. I think, you know, looking in this division, they're going to Chicago will still be better. Probably Minnesota and Green Bay will probably still be better. So another fourth place finish for Detroit. But we've been saying it for 100 years. Your time's coming. You just got to keep waiting. So. Hang in there, Detroit fans. Interesting that you think they're going to be worse than Chicago. I mean, yeah, Chicago has that defense, but at the same time, they have no receivers and no quarterback. We don't even know who the quarterback's going to be for that team next year, and you just you still assume Chicago will be ahead of them. That's, that's actually pretty funny. Yeah, I, I guess mm, I can't say I like Chicago. That, that goes against everything in my veins, but... <laughs> I think their defense is is better, um, and I do think they'll find a quarterback. Whether even if it's a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick, I'll I'll take Ryan Fitzpatrick, David Montgomery, uh, the tight end that's the rookie tight end that for out of Notre Dame that I can't think of his name off the top of my head, and then Darnell Mooney looked good. They can grab another wide receiver in free agency or the draft. I think there's enough pieces there. If they keep the run with David Montgomery, I think he can help a quarterback. I just think Chicago is a team that's going to be on the brink of a playoff spot. Uh, not getting too far back into the Chicago talk, but that's where I see them. And then, obviously, I said Detroit's in a full rebuild. So, have to put them behind the team, I think, that could be fighting for a playoff spot. 
All right, guys. Well, I think that's enough Detroit Lions talk. So why don't we go ahead and move on to the next team? Cody's going to be very excited to hear this, but it's time to talk some Green Bay Packers. Uh, so, guys, if you have some chores to do or something, if you need to change the laundry over, do some dishes, now's a good time. Cody's going to ramble for the next half hour. Uh, but the Green Bay Packers, uh, they've already released Christian Kirksey and Ricky Wagner, the linebacker and right tackle, respectively. Uh, but they do have some other guys up for re-sign some pending free agents, including center Corey Lindsley, uh, Mercedes Lewis, and Robert Tunyon, the tight ends, although Tunyon is a restricted free agent. Uh, Kevin King, uh, Chandon Sullivan, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, Alan Lazard. We have some guys that have made an impact this season for the Green Bay Packers that are up for uh, re-signing. And on top of that, their current projected cap is at negative $11.45 million. So they are going to have to make some moves. Uh, maybe Aaron Rodgers will be nice and restructure his contract just to free up a little bit of cap space. Maybe they'll have to cut some guys, let some of these guys walk, even though they'd like to bring them back. Uh, before we let Cody ramble on, George, what's your take on the Green Bay Packers this offseason? Well, I know they let Rick Wagner go, and it seems like they're going to lose Corey Lindsley. So the first thing I look at for them is they are going to need some offensive line help, most likely. Um, and then a lot other than that, I think the biggest spot would be running back. I don't know if Aaron Jones is going to come back because we talk about he's going to carry a big price tag. But I think I definitely imagine Jamal Williams coming back and working with A.J. Dillon. I think that's the most likely scenario, which if that happens, I don't see any problems in the backfield for Green Bay. Um, otherwise the other three big guys for my look would be Robert Tunyon, who's restricted free agent, Shannon Sullivan, restricted free agent, and Alan Lazard, who I'm a big fan of also restricted free agent. So good chance. All three of them come back with the ability to match them or get draft picks back in return. So if they keep that core together, find a way to get under the cap. I think the running back situation is going to be the most interesting one to look at. And if Aaron Jones goes, I would not be shocked. I know we've talked about this the last few weeks, but we're just going to have to see how it pans out. I honestly believe that Green Bay Packers are not only the best team in the division, and I don't even think that's a question. I mean, the Vikings are the number two, but I don't think they're on the same level as the Packers. But I think the Packers are the best team in one of the best teams in the NFC. They have a potential Super Bowl run for next year already, as long as they don't screw this up. Uh, they don't need to have a big, splashy offseason. They don't need to go out getting some of the top free agents, making big trades. They just have to bring back some of their key pieces, shore up a couple of the little loose ends, and they still should be a strong team for next season um, so I don't expect a whole lot out of the Green Bay Packers this offseason but Cody uh, let's hear what you have to say about your team give us some insight all right so I, I agree I don't think this will be a splashy offseason outside of that one offseason two th two or three years ago now uh, the Packers aren't very uh, active in free agency I don't expect that this year uh, you'll see a lot of guys that have been been cut especially with this cap crunch uh guys that want to come you know i'll call them ring chasers that want to come chase a ring with aaron Rodgers in green bay sign a one-year deal maybe a two-year deal hoping to get the cap back up in a few years uh to george's point i think the running back situation is one of the key pieces i know i would love to see aaron jones back i think the franchise tag is still in play for him especially because running backs are only coming in at about $8 million for the franchise tag. 
Aaron Jones is going to make more than $8 million on the open market. So if you can get him back for $8 million uh, this year, or even as a tag and trade situation uh, to get that pick this year instead of waiting for a comp pick. You know, guys like Robert Tunyon, Shannon Sullivan, Alan Lazard, they're all restricted free agents. I expect them all to be back. Uh, maybe Tunyon, um, he'll probably get like a second round tender, so decent sized contract. Uh, so maybe a team will be willing to sign him to a bigger deal, and then we'll just take the second round pick because we did draft Josiah DeGuara last year. And I expect us to bring back Mercedes Lewis. We have Jay Sternberger from two years ago. So the tight ends, as big as Robert Tunyon was, um, without being disrespectful, he is not a guy that he's not a Travis Kelsey or a Darren Waller. He's not creating space. He's much more of a, a guy that's out there getting open. He, what he does, he does really well, but he's not a difference maker at tight end. So if someone wants to pay him big bucks based off his double digit touchdowns. He might be out the door. And then, you know, maybe we pick up a guy like Johnny Smith. I think he's feeling great for Robert Tunyon. If he does leave a athletic guy, uh, catches well, but isn't special, and he'll probably be a little bit cheaper than matching a big contract. Uh, Kevin King, he's out the door. There, there's after that NFC Championship game. There's no way they bring him back. I actually thought all year that they would get him to come back. You know, he'd be a guy that, because of his injury history, the market wouldn't be as good as he expected. He'd come back for one more year, trying to to say, "Hey, look, I'm still a good cornerback." So in my opinion, I know we're probably losing Corey Lindsley too, but cornerback is definitely the biggest need for the Green Bay Packers um, because outside of Jair, who is a top talent, we don't really have anyone. Uh, I could see a guy like Jair, Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers, who Tyler mentioned, all restructuring contracts or getting contract extensions to help alleviate the cap. I think the Packers are in a good spot, but they just have to navigate this unprecedented times uh, Lightly, they can't be making big splash moves, but I still think they're a team that's going to go, quote unquote, all in to win a Super Bowl in 2021. So, Cody, I just want to get your opinion real quick before we move on to the Vikings. Um, last season, they or honestly, the last few years before this, uh, we're, we're still talking about the Packers, so you just insulted them. But uh, no, this I past season, we saw a resurgence from Aaron Rodgers, but the two years before that, we saw kind of a downswing from what we were used to from him. Not that he played poorly, he just played poorly in comparison to what he's uh, you know, expected to do. They went out and drafted a first-round quarterback. People were thinking, is this the end of the Rodgers era? And then he comes out and puts up an MVP season. About, if, if you had to guess, about how many more seasons do you think you can expect to see Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay? Wow, that's that's a tough one, and I, my head says two. My heart says three, but a big thing will be this off season because uh, we're already in cap issues. If they extend him or restructure to push guaranteed money out, that'll go a long way. Uh, right now, after twenty 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 one, his contract has a big. Uh, cap savings if he's cut or released. Uh, so we'll see. I, you know, honestly, this could be the last year, which is it's hard to believe after an MVP season. We expect him to go on a Super Bowl. Twenty twenty one could his last year as a Green Bay Packer. As much as that hurts me to say, um, but it, it all depends. It all actually comes down to Jordan Love. If Jordan Love progresses, 
and looks like he can be an elite quarterback in the NFL, similar to how Rodgers transitioned and looked like he would be an elite quarterback in practice. Jordan Love has to show that. And unfortunately for Jordan Love, we're not even sure if we're getting off-season practices again. What the off-season will look like, he might only get training camp, which is definitely going to hurt his development. Um, so I, my head says two, my heart says three, or as long as Aaron wants to play. Uh, just hopefully not one, but Packers fans out there, cherish what you have this season. Last season was a fun ride until the NFC Championship game. Cherish what you have this season because Aaron Rodgers is truly an all-time great quarterback, and it could be the final year he's in green and gold. As I'm about to get emotional. Wow, guys. Wow, guys. All right, before Cody cries, let's go ahead and move on to the Minnesota Vikings. Um Wow, Cody, you're going to get us all emotional here on the couch, GMs, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but the Vikings just had some pretty surprising news, some somewhat surprising news. They went ahead and released Kyle Rudolph in a cap-saving move. Uh, you know, Kyle Rudolph used to be one of the better tight ends in the league. He was one of the guys we would talk about as being one of the better receiving tight ends, a guy you can expect to get a touchdown almost every week. But over the last few seasons, he's really disappeared. Um, he'd have like two or three games a year where he looked good. But other than that, he was just almost non-existent, not used in that passing game. I don't know if it's more of a he's not being utilized the same way or if he really has fallen off talent-wise that much in these past few years. But he has been released. Um, uh, some other guys... Uh, you know what, George, you haven't spoken in a while. Why don't you tell us about some of the other guys the Minnesota Vikings could be losing this season? I think you just didn't want to say some names here. Anyway. Uh... You're absolutely right. That's exactly why I passed it <laughs> off. Awesome. Okay. We got safety Anthony Harris um, is a free agent for the Minnesota Vikings. Linebacker Eric Wilson. Running back Amir Abdullah, who showed... Some flashes with Detroit ended up in Minnesota, and I feel like nobody even knew. So we'll see if he ends up having a resurgence somewhere. Left guard Dakota Dozier, defensive tackle Jaleel Johnson, and defensive end Efedi Onyenyebo. <laughs> Did not say that right at all. Well, Close enough. Better than I would have done. Um. Anyway, I think, uh, just going back to Kyle Rudolph for a minute before we move on to uh, some of these other guys, the Kyle Rudolph cut, has a little bit of a domino effect to the rest of the league. And specifically what I've heard in the news is it's a major effect to the Eagles trying to trade Zach Ertz because now teams are going to have a little bit of leverage saying, well, sure, we'll give you a second round pick for Zach Ertz when we can go out there and get Kyle Rudolph off free agency for nothing. So it could actually end up leading to some other tight ends out there that maybe were going to be smaller trade pieces or a big trade piece like a Zach Ertz just being straight released because you're not going to be able to get anything out of it. Or you might just see Zach Ertz traded for a seventh round pick. So it'll be interesting to see in the coming days and weeks kind of leading up to free agency, leading up to some cap compliance, what happens with some other tight ends. But I kind of feel like Kyle Rudolph has kind of turned more into a blocking tight end the longer in his career he's gone. Like he did have some flashes when he was being used more in the passing game in Minnesota back a few years ago. But I think he's always been more of the blocking tight end. And that's what he kind of, you know, meshed into more once they drafted Irv Smith, started getting him into the lineup and had their wide receivers break out with like Adam Thielen and now 
So I, I think that's just kind of what Kyle Rudolph's game is now. And he's going to definitely carry some free agency buzz, but we'll see where he ends up. Well, props to you, George, for uh, for getting the Eagles into this podcast when we're not talking about that division. So props to you on that one. Uh, but the big name for me is Anthony Harris. Uh, he's probably unfortunately, well, unfortunately for the Vikings fans, great for everyone else in this division. He's probably out the door after being franchise tagged last year. I don't see him being franchise tagged again, and I don't think that they'll sign him to a long-term extension when they're already paying Harrison Smith so much money at the safety position. Outside of that, there's not too many big names. As much as I wish Amir Abdullah was a top running back because I liked the guy coming out of college, uh, they just need help on the offensive line. I feel like we say that every year. Uh, Mike Zimmer, he's still a good coach. They have a new offensive coordinator. Uh, I think they're going to be competing for a playoff spot. Not too much here. Just protect Kirk Cousins if Kirk Cousins is back next year. Absolutely, Cody. There has been some talk of Kirk Cousins potentially getting traded. Um, I think it'll be kind of a surprising trade at this point. The buzz of him getting traded has fizzled down a little bit uh, ever since the original rumors. But hey, guys, you know what? I think we've talked about the division long enough. It's time to move on to another division. So let's go ahead and move on to the NFC West. We already talked about them a little bit uh, with the signing of J.J. Watt, but we'll talk about the Arizona Cardinals here. Um, They have a a long list of guys that are up for re-sign, but they do have about $11 million in projected cap space. Uh, they have the 16th overall draft pick right about in the middle, so they could get a good player, but not a one of the top studs. Uh, what do you guys expect from the Arizona Cardinals this offseason? Well, first, let's just talk about how weird it's going to be next year that uh, Larry Fitzgerald isn't going to be on the field. Uh, since Crazy. he did retire. Crazy. Uh, incredible career there for Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, heartbroken <clears throat> for the guy. He never got a ring. He was close. Uh, and then I believe it was Santonio Holmes had to make a toe-tapping catch in the end zone. But back to this team, uh, the biggest question for me will be at cornerback, Patrick Peterson, Dre Kirkpatrick, and Jonathan Josephs are all free agents. Um, I think 16 in the draft is a prime spot for one of the top quarterbacks or cornerbacks in the draft. Uh, so that might fall into their lap pretty nicely. Outside of that, I don't think Patrick Peterson will be back. He'll be a, a guy that makes a lot of uh, noise or should be a guy that has a lot of interest uh, in the free agency market, but he could also be a guy that wants to play for a contender and takes less money. So he'll be interesting to play out. And then the last guy on the list uh, would be Corey Peters. Uh, defensive tackle. We they have their edge guys set with Chandler Jones and JJ Watt. Uh, we saw what happened. Their defense took a big hit when he went out last year. Um, so I expect him to be resigned, or at least they attempt to bring him back. I think I'm going to continue my argument that I've been making through the rest of these uh, offseason outlooks and continue to talk about running backs who will probably not get a lot of love, but probably should. And that guy of the day is Kenyon Drake. Everybody, Kenyon Drake is someone who might not come back to Arizona because they have other options like Chase Edmonds, who I think actually outperformed him last year, even though it seemed like they kept trying to feed Kenyon Drake the ball, kept trying to get him going. And there were some games they got him going and he showed why he is so talented. But for whatever reason, he just struggled this year. And I think that's going to make his free agent market a little bit lighter. But he is somebody who could get big money. He's somebody who could go back to that 
big performance that he had in Arizona after he got traded there two years ago and could be a game changer for a team who is light at running back. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's not going to get the love he deserves because, yeah, he he finished the year strong um, and definitely had us talking about him. But at the same time, he disappeared for pretty much the whole year. Uh, He did have some injury issues, but when he was healthy, like you said, Chase Edmonds was outperforming him. And Chase Edmonds isn't a guy that I view as, you know, one of the best running backs in the league. He's he's good, not great is how I would define him. And yet he was outperforming Kenyon Drake. So it wasn't until the very end that Kenyon Drake really stepped up, which is good for uh, his contract bidding in the offseason. He'll be able to use that as kind of a uh, as some leverage to try to get a better contract. But I think Kenyon Drake is about hitting the end of his road. I think he was a one-year flash in the pan two years ago. I think he's going to have – he's going to find a team. He's going to find some playing time, but he's not going to be that primary back like he saw two years ago. Kenyon Drake has, like, New England running back by committee written all over him. So that's probably where he'll end up, or at least that's my prediction, prediction as of March 3rd, 2021. Uh, but we talked about the Cardinals at the top, and we talked about them enough here. So let's keep moving through this division. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams, we mentioned them because obviously they were the other team in the Matt Stafford trade, uh, which they acquired Matt Stafford. They have some big free agents like Leonard Floyd and Austin Blythe. Malcolm Brown's another free agent, but I think he's out the door because they have Henderson and Cam Akers. Uh, John Johnson, the safety, he's the, the big nail on this list. I believe he was a crucial part to their defense success last year. Uh, They have a couple other guys that are on the screen, uh, but they also are are in a lot of cap issues. They have 35, almost 35 million to, to get rid of before next week. And they don't have a first round draft pick because they don't like first round draft picks because that's how they run their team, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. So I mentioned it, John Johnson, he's the guy I'm most focused on resigning. And then it would be Austin Blythe. But they got a lot of work to do. Um, I love Matt Stafford. I think McVay's a great coach. So this team has a positive outlook. But they they're a similar team uh, to like the Packers. They they can be competitive, but they have to navigate this properly uh, with who they choose to sign, who they choose to re-sign, who they choose to extend, etc. Yeah, I'm definitely interested to see what happens with Samson Ebucam. He's a guy that we're not really talking about too much. He's not one of the best linebackers on free agency so I'm not gonna you know make that comment or anything but he was one of the stars of the Monday Night Madness game between the Rams and the Chiefs the best football game I've ever watched on TV that game was exciting and if you go back and watch that game he was all over the field defensive touchdowns playmaker so when the lights were on in those big situations he really stepped up and you know I remember hearing his name in quite a few big games where he would make a play when it mattered most. He's not the most consistent linebacker. He's not the most flashy linebacker, but he is definitely a guy that can show up when your team really needs him. So I'm interested to see where Samson Ebicam goes and what kind of a contract this guy's going to bring in. Definitely agree with that. I think Ebicam is definitely one of the more underrated linebackers in the league, but he's probably not one of the top five, maybe 10 um, but I think this offseason for the Rams is going to be a lot of cutting dead weight guys that they don't necessarily need, but have been good to have. So we see like Josh Reynolds is going to be a 
you know, pending free agent, they are still pretty deep at wide receiver. He's going to go. You're probably not going to see Leonard Floyd come back despite him being a top or more top end player. So I think it's just going to be things like that. Or there's going to be other positions where you don't see them like being released or free agents yet, but they're going to be to try to get under that cap. And they're just going to hope that the Jared Goff trade along with some of these young guys turning it, you know, to the next step in their career is going to put them up to the top. And I still think it definitely could. So I'm with Cody. It's not going to be that much of a flash off season. And in fact, you might see him cut some names. You're kind of scratching your head at, but they don't really need, but if they handle it properly, they're still going to be a top contender. You know, the Rams have kind of made their success the past couple of years, not because of their offense, but because of their defense. And their defense is a huge, huge part of the game. Defense completely changed the game. We've seen teams that are just honestly terrible teams that continue to win games because they have such good defense. And the San Francisco 49ers are one of those teams as well. The last two years, their defense has been great, and it's been hugely part because of Robert Sala, the defensive coordinator who has now left and became the head coach of the New York Jets. So the San Francisco 49ers are going to be very interesting to watch in this offseason because not just because of these players that are up for re-signing, which there are plenty of them, and the quarterback questions, which is definitely a big question, but how they handle the loss of Robert Sala, which I think, despite all these guys on the list that we'll explain in a second, I think Robert Sala is going to be the biggest loss they have this offseason. I, I tend to agree with you. I do think their defense has some talented players, uh, but I will be watching closely and be intrigued by how it transitions without uh, Robert Sala. And they're going to they're gonna lose guys like a veteran leader like Richard Sherman. I know Snyder's not a big fan of him, but he is a solid player and a good locker room guy. So they're going to lose him. Uh, all signs point to that. You know, Solomon, Tala, Solomon Thomas, a top three or four, I think he was top I think he was number three. I think he was the guy that was swapped with the Mitchell Trubisky trade. He is also a free agent with their depth on the defensive line. I expect him to be out. Uh, There's a long list of guys that are potential free agents. And I think it all starts with Trent Williams, their left tackle. Uh, They got him from Washington during the draft last year. They need to, I think they need to re-sign him. This offense is, you know, predicated on the run. It's built on the play action, and you need to have a solid left tackle. He wasn't his all-pro Trent Williams self he was in his Washington days, but he was still very solid, uh, especially for a guy that barely played the last year and a half before coming to San Francisco, dealing with all the drama there in Washington. Uh, so main thing is to get Trent Williams under contract this offseason. They do have $12.5 million in cap to make some moves, and then figure out the quarterback. I feel like a lot of these teams, it's the same thing. Figure out the quarterback. I mentioned at the top, Trey Lance and Alex Smith would be my dream scenario for San Francisco this year, Uh, but there's a lot of options out there. An Alex Smith reunion to San Francisco, wouldn't that be something right there? But uh, along with Trent Williams, who I agree that they need to resign, I think you want to resign Solomon Thomas. We've talked a lot about he is a top defensive end in the league. I think Jaquiski Tart wouldn't be a bad resign for them as well. And the man, the myth, the legend, Kyle Juszczyk needs to stay in San Francisco. He's a good gadget player. He's a good blocker, helps out that running back core that no matter who you put in there seems to run well. And maybe it's Kyle Juszczyk and no one really thinks about that. And then figuring out the quarterback position. But in my research today, I found out that teams get 
comp- compensatory picks for losing coaches. I don't know if you guys knew that. Apparently, San Francisco might get a third round pick for losing Robert Sala. Is the, am I the only one that didn't know that? The whole comp pick thing is trying to figure that out is a nightmare because you get them depending on the salaries. But if you sign people, coaches can give you them. But if you sign people, it's a whole mess. So I don't know if I'd count on a third round or a fourth round comp pick for Robert Sala alone. You know, maybe a guy like Solomon Thomas or Jaquiski Tart leaves, gets a big contract, and then it should be a fourth. So they throw in Sala to make it a third. But again, the whole comp thing is way too much for my uh, couch DM brain to figure out. Yeah, guys, you know, Cody kind of mentioned it in the beginning when we first started talking about the 49ers that I don't really like Richard Sherman. Just to clear that up to the listeners that don't really know me, it's not that I don't like Richard Sherman or that I don't think he's a good player. My issue with Richard Sherman was when he had his big moment where he got on the mic and said, I'm the best corner in the game. No one before that game said that Richard Sherman was the best corner in the NFL. No one. But then after that game, he got on the mic, told people he was the best, and then the media's like, yeah, you're right. I think he's the best. And from then on, he was the best corner in football. And I just hated that he self-proclaimed himself into being the best corner in football when I honestly didn't believe he was. That's my issue. But still, I think that Richard Sherman is going to leave the 49ers. I think that he will get a decent contract somewhere else, but I think he's only got a year, maybe two left in him uh, at best if he doesn't even retire this year. Uh, Richard Sherman's had some injury issues of late, and I'm not sure if he'll be able to stay on the field as much as he would like to to you know, put up the kind of shutdown corner that we're used to seeing from him, the best corner in the game. But you, know, you guys kind of mentioned it. I think... Jaquaski Tart, the safety, is one of the most underrated guys on this list. He is he's one of those guys that um isn't talked about very much. You don't talk about him when he's one of the better safeties in the game. But if you watch a 49ers game, he is all over the field. He is making plays and he is quietly shutting down receivers. Uh he's one of the guys that doesn't get the recognition he deserves, and I'm really excited to see if he can get the contract he deserves somewhere else. Definitely agree there. And before Richard Sherman calls Tyler a sorry podcaster like Crabtree, why don't we move on to the Seattle Seahawks? (laughs) And we already talked a little bit about potential Russell Wilson trade. So we'll we'll probably hold off on that one a little bit for this. But they do have some big names hitting free agency this offseason. Like they cut uh, tight end Greg Olson, KJ Wright, the linebackers, a free agent, Quentin Dunbar, the corner. The other tight end, Luke Wilson, Carlos Hyde, who's been a bounce around running back, Shaquille Griffin, the cornerback, Mike Upati, the left guard. So some holes to fill for them with only $3.5 million in available cap space. If they hold on to Russell Wilson, I definitely think they're still going to be contenders. But there's some interesting questions going into the offseason for these guys in there. Yeah, I would say some interesting questions Uh, for me. Uh, Shaq Griffin would be the priority on this list. I think he's, I'm not going to say he's like a top five corner, but he's like a top 10 corner. He, like he's really good at his job. So, uh, and corners are hard to find. So you have to extend or do what you can to keep Shaq Griffin outside of that. You know, David Moore had his moments, but he's not like a top wide receiver. So they could probably get him back pretty cheap. KJ Wright, he's getting up there in age. He'll probably take a discount to stay there next to Bobby Wagner. So none of their free agents really outside of Shaq Griffin are big names, in my opinion. I think the core of that team is still together. 
Uh, hopefully, Chris Carson can stay healthy and consistent all of 2021. Again, you know, Russell Wilson once traded because he gets hit too much. So they got to they got to address the offensive line. I know Ayupati he uh, he retired. Ethan Pochick, I think is how you say it. Could be wrong. Uh, he's eh, he's not like a must resign guy, but they do have to fix that offensive line. Uh, but yeah, I think this whole division is competing for a playoff spot. Um, and I think Seattle is right up there. I'm not going to tell you who I think is going to win at this point because I have no clue. I think either team, any team can win or any team can finish fourth in this division. Guys, I don't know if you've heard this. Uh, this is going to be probably the first time you've ever heard it. But did you know that Russell Wilson never received an MVP vote? Whoa, what? I know. Well, that needs to get <sighs> fixed. It's crazy. You know, the Seahawks, they definitely have to address that offensive line. But at the same time, I think that they have more holes than what we're looking at here. Because, uh, you know, we're talking about these guys aren't that big of losses to have. But... The Seahawks came out as one of the hottest teams in the NFL last year and then completely imploded, went into the playoffs and lost to a team with a average quarterback with a broken thumb. Like they are definitely they have some questions on this team and it it might honestly boil down to coaching is Pete Carroll's time in Seattle winding down. Uh, you know, maybe it's time for them to get a fresh face in there, a new look at this team and really try to you know, spark something. Maybe it's not a Russell Wilson trade that needs to happen. Maybe it's new GM to bring in some good players. Maybe it's a new head coach to come up with some new schemes. I think something needs to change more in the front office and the coaching standpoint, more so than players. I absolutely agree. They do need uh, some defensive pieces. They definitely need an offensive line. But, uh, you know, like I said, I think it's more than just the player personnel here, guys. I could see it. Like I said, I thought the Seattle was going to take a step back last uh, last year, and they came. They at least came out strong, and had a, a top record. I didn't think they'd make the playoffs, and they did. Uh, so this year, I think they're going to stay competitive, and they'll probably have a, a down year. So I can completely agree with you're saying uh, on the Seattle Seahawks, uh, especially in that division. As I mentioned, it is super tough. All four teams have a chance to win it. Um, so let's move on to a division that's probably not. As competitive, uh, that would be the AFC West, our final division in our offseason outlook. Um, I know the Chiefs headline this division, but we'll, we'll start with the Denver Broncos. Uh, maybe a sleeper in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. I'll call them that. Uh, but we saw them cut Jarrell Casey uh, and A.J. Boye, uh, some big names on the defense who uh, just didn't step up to their contracts or trade offers. Uh, Justin Simons, Simmons, sorry, Justin Simmons, Huge piece, a key person to have to resign. Uh, that should be offseason priority. Number one, they franchise tagged him last year. They probably can't afford to franchise tag him again, so they have to work out a deal. Uh, and then other guys like Shelby Harris, he's a decent defensive tackle. I expect him to be back. They have a ton of cap space. Uh, I know a lot of people got a little too ahead of themselves last year with the Drew Locke, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, like Noah Fant, this elite offense with Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay. Uh, which Lindsay is a restricted free agent, but I expect him to be back as well. I think they have the pieces, especially if they could pull into Sean Watson. This team could be legit. Uh, I don't think it would actually happen, though. Sorry, Broncos fans. Uh, And I like Vic Bangio. So this team has a bright outlook. They started off strong last year. They just need to keep building, and they could be competing maybe this year, if not next year. 
and another guy to keep an eye on is Von Miller. I don't expect him back with the Denver Broncos next year either. It's a good point. And another one who is a restricted free agent, but we don't know if he's going to be back because Cody talked about all the weapons at wide receiver would be Tim Patrick. Tim Patrick had a breakout this year. I'm a big fan of his. And even though he's restricted, he might end up just being let go because they have so many people and Cortland Sutton coming back. And he could end up being a solid wide receiver two, wide receiver three slot kind of guy for another team who's on the edge, but just needs another good hands weapon in their offense. So keep an eye on him this offseason as well. And, you know, he's also a restricted free agent, but I'd love to see Philip Lindsay go somewhere else as well. You know, Philip Lindsay has done nothing but prove himself. He's done nothing but earn his, some playing time. And it's like they drafted running backs ahead of him. Philip Lindsay outperformed all of him, all of them. They brought in Melvin Gordon. Philip Lindsay outperformed him as well. He did have some injury issues this year. I know that. Uh, but still, it looks like. Philip Lindsay has definitely earned that starting role at running back. And yet I think the Broncos just don't want to start him. They just don't want to have him as their number one. They just don't want to give him the playing time he deserves. So though he is a restricted free agent, so I don't see him leaving the Broncos. I'd love to see Philip Lindsay go somewhere else that will uh, utilize him more often and really get the appreciation he deserves. I, I agree with both of you. I think they are re- uh, t- Tim Patrick and Philip Lindsay as restricted free agents. Uh, I think they would flourish on some other teams. I just think that they'll be offered tenders or they'll match what they can get and are no one's going to give up draft picks for them. So I think they'll be back for at least one more year. Uh, but I, I want to get your guys' opinion. I hinted on it, you know, possible Deshaun Watson. Um, but we're going to exclude him because he is a completely different quarterback. Do you think they're going to give up on Drew Locke this year and possibly go for one of the big four in the, since they have a top 10 pick? Do you think they'll give Drew Locke one more year? What's your gut telling you about the quarterback situation there in Denver? I think Drew Locke is going to get one more year. I think if there's an opportunity for them to move up in the draft and get one of the top two, or if Deshaun Watson comes knocking on the door, they're going to do that. But I don't see any other situation where they go away from Drew Locke this early. Because, I mean, I could see someone like a Sam Darnold going there, but I don't see him paying the price for someone like that when they're like, oh, they probably feel like they have the same kind of talent level in the building with Drew Locke, even though I don't think that's the case. I think they are going to draft a quarterback, but I don't believe they're going to draft a quarterback at nine. I think that they're actually going to trade back, try to pick up a couple extra picks, pick up a couple extra pieces, whatever, and draft more of a mid to later round first round quarterback uh so not one of the top guys one of the middle guys and then that way drew lock has some good competition in camp but it's not a guy that you kind of feel like you have to force into the starting role because of how highly you drafted him i know it's kind of a cop-out answer but yeah i do think they are going to draft a quarterback but they'll draft him later and honestly i hope that drew lock wins i really like drew lock i think that he has had some struggles but you know, I like the kid. There's something about him, something about the way he plays that I really like watching. So um, I'm on the Drew Locke train here. Hey, I'm with you. There's something about Drew Locke that uh, I don't know what it is, can't describe it, but I just enjoy watching him play. Uh, maybe because I don't watch the Broncos every week like Broncos fans do. I just see him on occasional or like when the Fox is like, I've got a game break for you, and it's Drew Locke to Jerry Judy for 70 yards. So maybe that's why. There's some fandom there for him, but let's go to a team that 100% is not drafting a quarterback. 
the really? Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, they just signed their guy for ten years, Strange. so I, I half a billion dollars. Maybe they will. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe that third number thirty-one. They'll they'll start planning for the future, <laughs> uh, and they'll get a quarterback. You never know in, in today's NFL. Uh, they've been in the Super Bowl the last two years, won one, then lost this year. And surprisingly, I mean, they have some cap work to do. They are currently over the cap, but surprisingly, their list of free agents, like, is is special teams ace Brian Pringle, the biggest name on this list. I mean, maybe Kalechi Osemele, he had a pretty decent season uh, on his one-year deal. Sorensen, you know, he he knows how to hit a guy and make him fumble out of the end zone. <laughs> Uh, there, there's a decent list here, but there's no guy that I'm like, wow, if they don't resign him, this team isn't competing. So I know it's a, or, uh, we've heard it multiple times today. You know, their team like the Rams, the Packers, it's not going to be splashy. They're going to do what they need to to get under the cap, and they're going to be right back competing next year. And, you know, the thing about the Chiefs, uh, it's the same thing that we saw with the Patriots back when the Patriots had their long-running dynasty of winning Super Bowl after Super Bowl, is they don't have a lot of cap space. They don't really have the money to make the moves that you would expect, big, splashy moves. But everybody knows that the Chiefs are one of the best in the NFL. Uh, Those older veterans that just want to win a ring will go to the Chiefs on a heavily discounted price just to have a shot at that ring before they retire. So they're not really losing anybody too flashy, and they might not need to make any moves that are too flashy, but they still might get some really good free agent acquisitions this offseason strictly off the fact that people want to win rings and it's frustrating, but you know, that's the NFL. So really, that's a great point. Snyder. Yeah. Really quick before we move on from the chiefs, cause there's not that much to talk about really just a lot of mid tier names. Le'Veon Bell is a free agent. Does he get another chance to start anywhere? What do you think? No, he's not starting anywhere. Start. I mean, he, he'll get another chance to play. Uh, he'll go somewhere. Um, it, it's the same thing Cody said earlier. He is a, you know, New England Patriot um, running back by committee. Committee just waiting to happen. But uh, no, he's not going to start anywhere. Yeah, I agree. And he could even be back there with the Chiefs behind uh, Damian Wilson. I th- is that the guy's Damian name that opted really, out this oh, year? Uh, um. Yep. Okay. See, <laughs> not as quick as off the head. Or, you know, first round pick Clyde Edwards Alaire. He could be Damian back there Williams, or he could go to a Williams? team. Damian Williams. There it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Damian Williams. Yes. You guys had me thrown off. Wow. We got so there. confused there for a second. I thought you were trying to say Daryl Williams, uh, who you. was the playoff lead yeah. of that backfield. <laughs> no, Damian Williams, who has the nicest kicks in the game. Yeah. Uh, those Air Force One cleats that he rocked in Super the Super Bowl against the 49ers were super clean, but this is not a, a sneaker show. It's a football show. And you mentioned it, the Chiefs. They don't have a lot of needs, unfortunately. They'll probably be the guy that gets Patrick Peterson on a one-year deal because he wants to ring – or a guy like Richard Sherman to come play defense, and everyone's like, how do the Chiefs keep doing this? Uh, so expect it to happen. Uh, the Chiefs will be back. They're probably the, still the best team in the AFC as long as Patrick Mahomes stays healthy. Uh, so let's move on to a more exciting team. You know, the one that is coached by Spider Y2 Banana himself, John Gruden. The Las Vegas Raiders. Wow, I'm impressed. I didn't say Oakland there. I'm so proud of you. Tripping me up. (laughs) I appreciate it. There's a lot of trade rumors. Either quarterback between Mariota and Derek Carr. Mariota. 
We'll see how. I, I, I'm going to say Mariota every, every week, time man. just for you, every buddy. week. I don't know if you noticed. I paused just so I could say Mariota because I was going to say it correctly. <laughs> um, we talked about on, on our free agents or our franchise predictions. You know, Nelson Aguilar was like the guy people thought they might franchise tag. Can't I don't I don't see that he could come back, but I don't think he's getting franchise tagged. Uh, again, you know, there this is a team that was building and they have quite a list here, but there's not anyone big on this list that I'm like they have to resign. Yes, Aguilar would be nice. Tack McKinney would be nice. Jonathan Hankins would be nice. But if they go somewhere else, they can just sign mid-level veterans to fill those roles. Uh, have a solid draft. Oakland is on the up and up, in my opinion. I know some people don't like John Gruden, so might disagree with that. Uh, I like Oakland's outlook, and maybe they'll be able to flip one of those quarterbacks for even a better pick. He's at Oakland twice. Nice. nice. Ah. Yeah, he also said Mariota multiple times. <laughs> He's um, just doing it on so you purpose know what, now, Cody, <laughs> you know, it's annoying. I mean, his favorite race car driver is Mario Andretti. His favorite <laughs> hobby is playing Super Mario Brothers. It's just, it's Mariota. How hard is this? It's just, <laughs> it's not difficult. But anyway, yeah, you know. I can't believe you went to race car driver. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> I mean, it's probably because Mario it's Andretti. Tyler, right around where Tyler and I came, grew up. But like, I don't know. <laughs> Look, man. Anyway, back to football. We're we're gonna get off of race racing because that is definitely not our podcast. We will sound like idiots. Um, yeah, Nelson Aguilar. I think he is gonna stick in Vegas because you know all the ridicule he got in Philadelphia. I think he really res- had a resurgence in his career. Not a huge season, but it was a huge upgrade from uh, Dropalar back in Philadelphia. I think that he will. Um, I think it's in his best interest to stick in Vegas. That's where he found his niche. Uh, who's throwing to him? I'm not sure. It could be Carr. It could be Mariota. It could be another quarterback altogether. It's going to be interesting to see who they bring in at quarterback. But, you know, a guy that I'm really interested in seeing what happens with him is Tack McKinley. When he was drafted, he was supposed to be one of the better defensive linemen in the league, and he really just didn't live up to uh, his hype in Atlanta. So he came over to Vegas trying to have a resurgence. And again, you know, he was good, not great. Didn't live up to his hype. So is Tack McKinley really that much of a bust or is he still trying to find the right defensive scheme for him? I think the two people that I'm going to look at the most on this list would be one Devonte Booker, because we know that Josh Jacobs had some injury issues and he's had a mixed bag when he's been filling in for Josh Jacobs the last few years, been effective in some games, disappeared in one or two others. And then kickers, Daniel Carlson, reliable kicker, restricted free agent. When you have a reliable kicker, you keep him. So if Daniel Carlson, Carlson's not re-signed this offseason, it's already not a successful offseason for them. It's worth noting, guys, we did just have some breaking news. Golden Tate was released from the Giants. Uh, so there is another receiver on the market. Uh, he was one of the Giants' biggest free agent signings two seasons ago. He never really lived up to his hype as well. So it's going to be interesting to see where he goes. Will there be a market for Golden Tate? Uh, I'm sure there will be. I, I think he is uh, at least a decent slot player. Uh Man, I, I don't know why I keep going back to him, but that guy has New England written all over him as well. I, I keep giving New England all these players. Uh, but you know, no, It's going to be Kansas City. Wide- it's going to be Kansas City. Byron Pringle's gone. Sammy Watkins gone. Uh, 
who are some of these other guys? Um, uh, Demarcus Robinson, that's it. Uh, all those guys are gone. They're just going to replace them with a uh, Golden Tate, and he's just going to come in and be great and win a ring. Come in for one year, $1 million, and we'll be like, how did that happen? Uh, like we said, it's probably going to happen. Get used to it. It's just how it works. Uh, but we can discuss Golden Tate more in depth on next week's episode as we preview free agency. But our final team of our offseason outlook before free agency is the Los Angeles Chargers. They have a new head coach in Brandon Staley. They they are a team that was really good at blowing fourth quarter leads last year. Uh, so hopefully they can fix that. That should be offseason goal number one. Figure out how to play through four quarters, not the first three, and then give up on the last one. Uh, they have a top 15 pick. Some big names uh, in free agency. As we're looking at the list here, we got Melvin Ingram, key piece on the defense. Hunter Henry, key piece on the offense. Mike Pouncey left for retirement. We have Denzel Perryman, Tyrod Taylor, some you know veterans that are probably out the door. Uh, Mike, Michael Davis, Forrest Lamp. Dan Freeney, Rashawn Jenkins, and then the surprise of the fantasy season, end of the season, Kalen Balaj. He's a free agent. I'll be interested if they bring him back. Uh, probably will be pretty cheap, so I expect him to be back. Uh, the two guys on this list for me, though, are definitely the guys at the top. Melvin Ingram and Hunter Henry. They have the cap space to bring both back. I think it would make sense to bring both back. Uh, I think Melvin Ingram is prioritized over Hunter Henry if they're going to only can only pick one. Uh, I'll let you guys talk about if you have any other issues, but for those, for the Chargers, it's Melvin Ingram and Hunter Henry. Get those guys done and start winning some football games. Well, I do disagree with you on one thing, Cody. I do not think that priority number one for the offseason is finding a way to stop blowing fourth quarter leads. I think that priority number one uh, above everything else needs to be finding a team doctor that won't stab their quarterback in the lungs uh, during the season. I think that should definitely be priority number one because they lose Justin Herbert because of a bad doctor decision. They are done. Uh, But yeah, I I agree with you. I do think Ingram and... Hunter Henry are the guys to watch this offseason. Hunter Henry is a guy that, you know, George and I have been big fans of since he was drafted. And we've been so excited to see what he can do. And every year it just seems like, man, now we have to wait for next year to see what he can do. Now we have to wait for next year. How long do we have to keep waiting for next year? I'm finally ready for him to be healthy. He has a quarterback who is not afraid to throw the ball in Justin Herbert. I mean, that's a guy that usually rookie quarterbacks are a little timid when they first start out. Herbert has no fear. He just goes out and slings the ball around. That is great for a vertical threat tight end like Hunter Henry. So I'd love to see him healthy for a season. Love to see what he can do. I think it's in his best interest. uh, If he doesn't get franchise tagged to only sign a one year deal and really bet on himself, because if he can sign a one year deal, even if it's cheap, and he can stay healthy with a guy like Herbert. He can have a huge year, and next year he could be raking in some serious tight end cash. Hey, that's not a bad idea. I tend to I tend to like that one. Uh, I, I know I'm cutting George off here. I'm sure he has a lot to say about his closet favorite team, which he'll <laughs> deny again. Uh, but it is the Chargers. Yeah, Hunter Hen- I think Hunter Henry, you know, one-year deal makes sense for him. Or maybe it is just time for a change of scenery because he's had issues staying healthy. You know, maybe a change of scenery to another team will help him. I know he mentioned he wants to go to a team with a good quarterback. 
not sure if that was a jab at Justin Herbert or he was like, hey, I like it here. Very interesting way to phrase uh, that answer when he was asked where he wants to go or if he wants to be with the Chargers. So definitely Hunter Henry is a name to watch this offseason. Agreed. And I mean, I said last week that I wanted Hunter Henry to go to another team because I think he needed a fresh start and wanted to see him really break out. But you're right. He could actually have a huge season with Justin Herbert full time. And if they can keep Justin Herbert upright, like if you're looking on the screen, you'll see that their top two needs are offensive tackle and interior offensive line. And that's especially true because you're losing Mike Pouncey, Forrest Lamp and Dan Feeney, who basically played your entire interior offensive line last year. So that should be priority number one in my mind is the games played in the trenches. If you can keep Justin Herbert upright, I think you have a chance to really turn it around next year as long as you don't blow any leads in the fourth quarter again. So that's the biggest for me. Hunter Henry coming back would be good for them, and I think it would actually be good for Hunter Henry to bet on himself for a year, like Tyler said, and get Melvin Ingram back in house as well. Absolutely, guys. Well, you know what? We have talked about every division now every team we have discussed all of the needs for every team this offseason uh so if you guys are out there listening let us know what you think let us know what you think some of these teams biggest needs are who you'd love to see get brought back who deserves to be cut who deserves to be uh re-signed restructured whatever get involved let us know what you think definitely tune in we are going to be here all offseason talking about football we know you miss it we miss it too so get involved with us Definitely don't miss your football fix. We're going to get into some of the franchise tags, some of the free agency talk within our next podcast. So you definitely don't want to miss it, guys. Be here next week. And as always, thanks for listening uh, to this episode. You can follow us on social at the Couch GMs. If you're listening to this in the car or on your phone, please drop a like, leave a comment or review. If you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. So, you know, we're going to post every Thursday, hopefully. We have missed a few Thursdays, but the goal is every Thursday. Uh, subscribe, get notified when we post new videos. Uh, we got a lot of stuff coming for next season, so you want to be with us. And if there's anything you want to hear on our podcast or any questions you want to ask, feel free. Post it on our social media channels. We will get to it as we go through the offseason. We thank you all one more time for listening to the Couch GM's podcast. For Tyler Snyder and Cody Roadcap, I'm George Kurth, and we will see you all next week. The Bears still suck. <laughs>